Blog Talk Radio.
throne of God. Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one set on the throne. Father, we come standing before that great white throne, the throne that's been established from eternity, the throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance, the angels, the seraphim, beauty everywhere, the river of fire that flows from your throne. Oh, we love to stand before your throne, oh God. We love to stand before the throne of God. divine encounter. We want to be lost. 
All right. Well, praise God. Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. Just taking some time to worship the Lord. You know, we like to have long, extensive worship sets. And I just want to thank my brother Patrick. Apparently, he's the only person in the uh, chat room tonight. I know there's a few of you that listen in uh, via the website. And, of course, it doesn't register in the chat room that way. And some of you call in. But just want to thank our faithful listeners and all the support and prayers that all the men and women of the Lord are giving to us on a regular basis. We just uh, praise God for that. Well, today is a wonderful day and just uh, a good day to give God thanks and praise. You know, we uh, broadcast out of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, typically out of Garland or Plano and various other places from time to time. And, you know, it's been really beautiful in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, especially the Garland area. We've had a lot of nice weather, just enjoying the spring season. And for those of you that are able to enjoy that and spend some time there, just uh, count it a blessing, you know, because it won't last long. I know if you're in uh, the Texas area, typically, you know, by June or July, we're hitting triple digits, and that's never fun. And if you're further east or further west, you're probably getting a little bit cooler weather. Um, but, you know, we're really appreciating this weather. And, uh, in fact, Brother Patrick and I were going back and forth, just kind of reminiscing about that. And the parks and, and just some of the, the wonderful things that the area has to offer. So we're just praising God. Well, if you have a chance, give us a call at 619-638-8458. You can always check out the website at www.prayerinternational.org. And a lot of times you wonder why we spend a good portion of our show doing worship. You know, the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And we want to take that serious. You know, if we go to Psalm 100, verse 3, in fact, I'll probably just read the whole psalm. Uh, I'll give you a minute to get there if you need to. But you know, Psalm 100 says this, and it makes it very clearly, talking about the praise of God. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And I'm going to read the whole psalm. All you lambs, all you peoples, everybody from every place, basically, is what it's saying. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. And know ye that the Lord, he is God. You know, the psalmist made it really clear. The psalmist makes it really clear. He says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And he kind of puts it all into perspective for us. You know, he says, look, it's all about God. It's all about him. You know, the center of the universe is not your belly button. You know, we need to realize that, too. It's God. He's the one. He All things are created for his good pleasure. He created all things. A lot of times we think we're the center of the universe. And, you know, if we keep going that way and thinking that way, at some point the Lord is going to allow us to have a reality check. 
and put things in perspective for us. But he says, not we. We're not the ones that made us. It's God. We're the sheep of his pasture. And praise God, if he's your shepherd today, if he's your good shepherd today, then you won't lack. If you're following the good shepherd in your life, you're not going to lack for anything. You know, you may go through seasons of trials and testing. You may go through seasons where God kind of, you know, waits to what we consider the last minute before he comes through. But listen, the bottom line is a lot of things in our life we can contribute to our own foolishness. Sometimes, you know, we say, well, God, we don't have enough. God, we don't have enough. Well, it's not that he's not Jehovah Jireh, the provider. Maybe it's that you're not managing your money properly. Or maybe it's not that you're not seeking out those places that he has prepared for you where there's employment or opportunities. Sometimes, even in our own life, sin will dry up your bank account, you know. But it's not that God is not the provider. He says, if the Lord's your shepherd, you shall not want. It means you're not going to lack anything. And if you're experiencing lack in your life, you probably need to do some heart searching. You probably need to get into the scriptures. You probably need to seek out the living God and find out why. What's the root? See, every time we see fruit, we need to trace it back to the root and find out why is the fruit the way it is. It's either good fruit or it's bad fruit. There's either production and fruitfulness in our life or there's non-production and idleness in our life. And depending on what we're setting our minds on, depending on what we're meditating on, depending on what we're speaking out of our mouth and rehearsing, depending on what we're setting before our eyes and listening to our ears or with our ears, it's going to make a big difference in what comes into our lives and the fruit that we experience. You know, like I often say, whatever you put in your heart is going to come out of your mouth, and whatever comes out of your mouth, you're going to eat the fruit of it. So be careful what you let get into your heart. Be careful what you let get into your life. That's why it's very important to have a pure stream, untainted relationship with the Lord. And what I mean by that is stay in the Word. Scrutinize everything in your life by the Word of God. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have situations in your life that, you know, may not always be from God or or are from God, but whatever happens in your life, whatever relationship or friendship you allow in, whatever situation or circumstance you allow in, whatever opportunity that you either pass up or give yourself to, always check it with the Word of God. There's many good things that come into our life but there's only certain God things that come into our life. And we need to have a discerning heart. We need to have a discerning eye. We need to have a discerning ear. And we need to be able to recognize what's of God and what's not. Sometimes that takes uh, time. It's a process. It's a trial and error process. You know, a lot of times wisdom is developed. Wisdom comes into our life two different ways. 
you either get wisdom through mistakes or you get wisdom through mentors, which is learning from the mistakes and the successes of others. But you can learn a lot through your own mistakes. That's why, you know, even when you fall short, even when you mess it up, God can turn those things around and turn it into your message. God can turn those things around. He says all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So it doesn't matter whatever season you are in your life, don't begin to judge your future based on your past. Don't begin to judge your situation based on the mistakes that you've made. Trust God that he's going to take even the good, the bad, and the ugly of your life. And he can use it all to bring glory and honor to his name. So now, you know, if you read the Bible, it's not full of perfect people. If you read Genesis to Revelation, you'll find that God put their successes and their failures. He put their shortcomings and their faults and their great qualities. He put their temporal and their supernatural abilities in there. He showed what a man and a woman were like in the spirit and out of the spirit. Why? Because that's life. And sometimes we need to get out of this bubble perspective mentality. Now, I'm not telling you not to set your mind on things above. Listen, you need to set your sights, set your affections, set your mind, set your attitude on things above. You need the eternal in your life, not the temporal. But the truth of the matter is, is that we live in a flesh world, and we live in a spiritual world. And unfortunately, when you deal with people, a lot of times they deal with you in the flesh. Now, I'm not telling you to get in the flesh while you're dealing with people. I'm not telling you to to get a carnal mindset because you're dealing with people. I'm just saying that most people that you deal with on a day-to-day basis already have one. They're, they're not thinking about eternal things. They're not operating and functioning their day-to-day life about eternity. Now, they should be. But the truth of the matter is when you have to take your car to the mechanic... Yes, do it in faith and find a Christian mechanic or a brother or believer, somebody that believes in the Lord to work on your your stuff. Try to keep things in the kingdom when you do business. But bottom line is, as you know, not everybody's going to come up and lay hands on your car and all of a sudden your car starts working. Now, you may have those instances and God may do miracles for you. You may be able to go all week long on two gallons of gasoline. Uh, It doesn't always happen that way, but sometimes it does. But the bottom line is, some things you deal with in the world are natural things. They're not always spiritual things. But you know what worship does? Getting back to worship, and we'll probably finish Psalm 100. Let's just finish Psalm 100 before I get off on another rabbit trail. Enter his gates, Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Enter his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting. His truth endures forever to all generations. 
All right. So there you go. Why do we worship? It corrects our focus. Worship has a way of changing our perspective and putting us in a heavenly mindset, taking our minds off the earthly, off the temporal, and placing them on the kingdom, on the king, not just the kingdom, but putting them on the king. Jesus said, he who keeps his mind on me, it's that person that I'll keep in perfect peace. And you wonder why you don't have peace in your life. It, it might be because you need to set your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Do you wonder why there's a lack of peace and hope and rest in your life? It may be because you need to lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets you and look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. That means he finishes what he starts. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it to the end. See, he wants you to be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord. And how do we get preserved? How do we become steadfast? How do we become immovable and unshakable? Well, if we're going to become like trees... Trees of righteousness. Let's go back to Psalm one real quick, which is the, you know, we can always kind of see a foundation of a book when we get into the first chapter of the book, and you know the foundation for Psalms. I guess we could say it's Psalm one, but it's very interesting the way David saw some things and. And the perspective that he had. But Psalm 1, book 1 of Psalm, Psalm 1, this is blessed. And of course, in this Psalm, two ways of life are contrasted. He contrasts the wicked and the righteous. Now, listen to this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I saying, look, if you want to have a blessed life, if you want to be blessed, if you want to be blessed in a kingdom, if you want to be a blessed person, don't walk in ungodly counsel. Now, that means two things. One, don't confer with the ungodly and, and do everything they tell you. But two... Remember this, not all ungodly counsel comes from ungodly people. Some ungodly counsel comes from very spiritual people. It's the advice that they gave you or give you is not spiritual advice. It may sound religious. It may sound biblical. It may sound scriptural. Okay? It may sound moral, but it may not be the exact thing that God wants you to do at that time for your life. It may not be the exact thing that God is trying to speak to you. It may not be the exact thing that God's trying to lead you to do. And a lot of times people will use the Word of God to pressure you or use the Word of God to manipulate or use the Word of God to point you in a direction that maybe God's just not leading you in. So that goes back to what I said earlier about discernment. We need to have a discernment in our life. We need to have an understanding in our life. 
we need to be very keen and sensitive to the Holy Spirit in our life to know when somebody's giving us godly counsel or wise counsel. And we need to also be discerning and know when they're giving us ungodly counsel. See, there's a Logos word, which is a written word of God. That would be studying the scripture. But there's also a Rhema word, which is a living, active word. It's a now word. It's a word that God specifically means for you now. And sometimes people will take the scriptures. See, even the enemy, even the devil, when Jesus was in the wilderness, the devil took the word of God and tried to manipulate it and use it against Christ. That's right. He tried to take God's holy word and manipulate it and use it to point Jesus in a wrong direction. Now, the Bible says a disciple is not above his teacher or his master, and neither are we above our Lord. And so if the enemy tried to do that with Christ, how much more is he going to try to do that with you? He took partial words and tried to manipulate Eve in the garden. Same way. Did God not really say that if you eat of the fruit, you shall become like God? And he went on and on and on. And he just took a few words and then twisted or added his own little feel to it. And we'll get into that later, more in depth. But you know, not all ungodly counsel comes from ungodly people. Sometimes it comes from very godly people. So it's very important that you scrutinize and judge the counsel that you receive. He says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. You've got to have a delight. You've got to have a desire. You've got to have a hunger and a passion for the word of God. And you've got to come to a place all throughout the word of God. God says meditate, 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 meditate. Put my law before you. Put my words before you. Night and day, continually meditate. Put it before your eyes. Put it in your ears. He told the prophet to eat it, to eat the word. So we we digest and we consume and we meditate and we focus on the word of God. Why? Because there's a strength. There's a strength that comes from it. And it's not about, did, did you read your three and a half chapters today so you can get through the whole Bible in a year? Although, hey, if that's your plan, if that's your reading plan, stick with it. Be consistent. It's okay. Or you read your 40 chapters a day and finish it every month. There's a new one for some people. 40 chapters a day. You finish the Word of God in a month. Read the Bible for 58 hours all the way through or listen to it on audio while you're reading it, and it takes about 56 to 58 hours 
to go all the way through the Word of God. Try that sometime for a weekend. Plug in on a Friday and go all the way through. You'll have to sleep a little bit, but if you sleep four or six hours a night, you should be able to knock it out from Friday to Saturday and Sunday. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates day and night. This is what happens. He shall be like a tree planted. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Listen, he likens this man to a tree that's planted beside the rivers of water. Now, most trees that are planted beside rivers of water are very abundant, fruitful, prosperous, fruit-producing, fruit-bearing. There's some kind of produce or product that comes out of that tree on a regular basis, and it's usually... As long as the water source is healthy, as long as there's not an infestation of bugs or some type of disease on the other trees and plants that are around it, usually that tree is a pretty healthy tree. And I know there's always exceptions. So let's rule out all the exceptions and let's say there's no pests and disease. There's a healthy source. And we've got a tree that's planted by that water source. Typically, that tree is going to be very fruitful. And it's going to bring forth fruit in its season. There's always a season. Sometimes you wonder where the fruit is. Realize fruit comes in a season. There's always a certain time. There's timing. And sometimes you can have the word of the Lord, but you need the timing of God. Sometimes you can have a Bible knowledge, but you need that rhema, kairos moment timing. And when I say kairos moment, That's another word, another now kind of word, kairos, which means a a, a moment in time that that is fitted perfectly for the purposes of God. It's it's kind of where God just steps in in that moment, where God redirects or directs somebody's path in that moment. So you can have all that meditation But you also need to be around the living water. You need to be around the spirit of God. Jesus said, those that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. So you can have the truth of the word of God in your life all you want. But you've got to have the spirit. Paul said it this way, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So you've got to have a balance between a meditation and a a Bible study and and an interactive encounter with the Holy Spirit a relationship, fellowship, if you will, with the Spirit of God. So if you're planted by these rivers of water, you're bringing forth fruit in your season, your leaf will not wither. You won't wither. You're not going to dry up. You're not going to die if you stay connected to the source. Well, who's the source? Jesus. Who's the source? The Father. Who's the source? The Holy Spirit. What's your source? The Word of God. That's your source. That's your source. It's not the church 
It's not the Bible study. It's not the social program. It's not the prayer meeting. It's not the radio show. It's not the television show or the books that you read. He, the living God, He, the vine, Jesus, He, the living water, whatever you want to call Him, listen, He's your source. And you've got to stay connected to your source. You've got to stay connected to your source. This is what happens. Whatever he does shall prosper. Is whatever you do, whatever you put your hand to. As long as you're connected in that source, as long as you're bringing forth your fruit in your season, as long as you're allowing that life-giving water to feed you, listen, you're going to have an, a, a prosperous, abundant, fruitful life. Now, I contrast the ungodly here. The ungodly are not so, but they're like the chafe which the wind drives away. The ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. What was my point with all that? Listen, we've got to stay rooted and grounded. If we're going to be unshakable and unmovable, we've got to stay in the Word, meditating on the words of God, staying plugged into our source. Being in a place of worship where our focus is corrected and our minds are set on things above and not on things below. If you'll notice something about me, I like to recap things. I like to repetate. I like repetition. Why? Because it helps you remember it. It helps it stick into your brain. See, God... All throughout his word, he repeats himself many times. Why? Because he wants you to get it. He wants you to have it. He wants it to be yours. And you can learn your wisdom by mistakes or mentors. But most of all, by drawing near to the Father, drawing near to the Holy Spirit, and allowing the spirit of wisdom and revelation to flood your life, to open the eyes of your understanding that you would know what the hope of your calling is. And see, the Holy Spirit, he is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So we have to abide in him. We have to allow him to come be our teacher. The Bible says you need no man to teach you, but the anointing that's within you will be your teacher. What does that actually mean? Does that mean we never listen to men and women of God speak the words of life? No. That's not what it means. What it means is is this. Your real teacher is the comforter of the Holy Spirit. And you don't have to be dependent on anybody. You don't become codependent on anybody. God is not in the business of raising up codependent Christians. We're not in the business of raising codependent Christians. That's why, listen, whether there's one person listening on our show or a hundred, we're not worried about it because we've dedicated this time to the Lord. We've dedicated this time to praying and declaring the word of God 
whether nobody is listening or everybody's listening, it's not for people necessarily, it's for the Lord. It's for the Lord. That's why we're doing this, is for God, for God's sake. That's why I can preach just like I would preach if I had a thousand people in front of me or if I've got one person in the chat room. Why? I'm not doing it for numbers. I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm declaring his word in the earth. Why? Because it said to you. I'm making a place for him. I'm making a place for him. Our, our staff, our ministry here, is making a place for him on Blog Talk Radio two hours a night. Why? So his Holy Spirit can dwell. So he can find a place to rest. So he can know that there's kingdom business going on somewhere on the radio. Why? Because it pleases him. See, God exalts his word above himself. There's nothing that pleases the Lord more, I believe, than when heartfelt worship is experienced in the hearts and in the lives of his sons and daughters. There's nothing that pleases the Lord more than when his children remind him of his words and they speak it and declare it into the earth so that there's an alignment and a shifting and a kingdom coming into the earth. See, we've been given that authority to declare and decree what the Lord says to us. We've been given that authority to declare and decree what the Lord has said. And so that we take that liberty here. But worship corrects our focus. And the word causes us to get rooted. What do we root and ground into? What kind of medium? See, now, not all plants are grown in soil. Some are grown in water. You can go to Colorado and you can see flowers and plants just growing out of rock. Why is that? Well, one, because God's the creator, and he can make plants and flowers just grow out of rock anytime he wants to. But the thing is, is all plants and flowers grow in, and trees grow in different mediums. Depending on the medium, sometimes will depend on the strength and stability. And when I say medium, I don't mean spooky like medium or psychic. But when I say medium... I mean like whether it's dirt, whether it's water, whether it's rock, whether it's sponge, whether it's whatever it is. The Bible says to be rooted and grounded in love because that's how faith works is by love. In fact, love is the greatest gift. It's also the beginning fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all right? And Jesus made it real clear. His first commandments were rooted in, in two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. So this kingdom that we're talking about, there's a certain medium that everything kind of cultivates in. Everything kind of grows in. The fruit that's produced in the kingdom of God 
is produced in the medium of love, an atmosphere of love, a foundation of love. But it's also got a foundation in the Word of God. It's got a medium in the in the things of God. And see, Jesus tells us like this, speak the truth in love. Why? That's how God does it. He speaks the truth in love. Truth comes forth from love. Faith works by love. You see, everything in the kingdom really begins to operate. And without that medium, see, what happens if you take a tree and you just lay a tree somewhere and it never gets to get rooted and the roots never get to grow into something? Then eventually the sun scorches those roots and it withers and dies. Same thing when you throw a seed down and it starts to root. When you throw a seed down and it starts to root, the sun will scorch it if it doesn't get down into something. So it's very important. Praise God. Praise Jesus. So we need to open our mouths with wisdom and have the law of kindness on our tongues. Praise Jesus. God is so good. The quickest cure for ingratitude is lost. You know that? God's got a word for loss. If you're experiencing loss, you're going through a season of loss, he says, I'll restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, and the palm worm, my great army which I sent among you, and they shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. The quickest cure for ingratitude is loss. All right, praise God. So we're going to break for a song for a little bit.
the blood that Jesus shed for me.
Love you so much.